Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Have passion. Be determined. Be this team. Be a maverick. And when we get on that field, let's show the Cisco Lobos how to be a maverick. If you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three. Four, five, six. Hello, Blair. Hello. Uh, Blair Davis, Cardiff, California. Own the trucking business, it says here. Small trucking business yeah. in San Diego. Yeah. Good for you. And talk about your family. I've been trapped in a loveless marriage for the last 12 years <laughs> to an old battle axe named Kim. <laughs> She cursed my life with three stepchildren named Star, RJ, and Ryan, and I have one rotten grandson. <laughs> Yay! I'm not. It's like an eclipse. You should always look at it with both eyes wide open, full on. You're welcome. Our feature presentation. Morning, everybody. Brand new Kevin and Bean show. It is Wednesday morning, the 16th of October. Hello, testing. Testing one, two. One, two, test. Test, test. Test, test. One, one, test. Can I be heard? Hello, one, testing. Yes. We can. Am I live? You're on. I am on the radio. Testing, one, I two. I am being heard. I, uh, by the way, I don't have this, uh, I don't have this tape available, but you know how we always talk about how this show doesn't go on until six? Mm-hmm. That's still true, right? Oh, yeah. No one can check, hear this. Check, one, two, one, two, check. Check, one, two. Right. Check, okay. one, two, check. Hello. Hey, sounds great. I think we got it. Okay, good. <clears throat> All right. Check, Let's... one, two, <laughs> check. Hello. Hello, hello. Check, one, two. This is track number one. Track number one. Oh, right channel. My right check, here. one, two. Oh, no, hey, no, hey, no. hey. Here we go. Yeah. Check, one, two. Okay. Hey, hey. Sounds hey. good. All right, thank you. Here we go. There we go. All yeah, right, good Definitely, sound. we can't good hear sound. him, right? Everyone good check, check. Hello, one, two, check. Check, one, two. How many mics do we have? Track three, track three. Check, check, check. This, this might take a check, while. Check, check. One. Oh, turn that down. Check one, two, oh, one, two. Check one. over. Over. It's over the limit. Oh, over, over the, the limit. limit. I see. Here we go. Hello. It's over still. What? Wow. Oh. Test. Mm. If I get down here, check one, two. Check one, two. Yeah, get lower. Here we go. <laughs> check. Check one, two. Check. check oh, what happened now? Two. Now it's noisy Almost again. Done. Almost done. Oh, wait, where are they? Where are they going? Are you a baseball game? Check one, two. <laughs> check one, two. Check one, two. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. no, no, no. Start check over. one, two, check one, two. Check one, two. Oh, Hello, one, two. That doesn't work. We're sh- Hello. Oh. Check one, two. Check. Why is that so goddamn distorted? Check. Hello, 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 okay. hello. That sounds good. Hold it right there. Hello. Check one, two. Hey, right. check, one, two. check one, two. Check one, two. Hey, hey, hey. 
Wow, much better. Hello, okay, one, okay. two. Okay, check, let's stop. Check, check, check. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> sounds, go. good. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. And sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Way and overboard. Check one, two. Oh, now what happened? <laughs> Where'd the people go? <laughs> anyway, I don't have the uh, I don't have the tape available because I just I just saw it. But uh, BBC Radio Four is on the air uh, a few hours ago, and they're doing the program like we are right now. And somebody in another studio is getting ready to record something, and somehow wires get crossed like they do, and it ends up on the air. Oh, that's our nightmare. And, and Yeah, and nobody... Oh, so it would be like if whatever Omar's doing in his studio right now, we started hearing on the air, and, yeah. and, and nobody caught it. Nobody knew about it. I don't know if they were playing a pre-recorded show or something like that, but you hear this guy walk into the studio. we gotta, we got to pull the audio and play it. It's so funny. You hear the guy walk into the studio, and he turns on the mic, and he's like, hello, testing, testing. It's so effing cold in here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's right on the radio. It's good to no, you know, we always used to think, Kevin, back in the early days, that the you know the professionals, the people who were at levels way above ours, right. they knew what they were doing and they didn't make screw ups like we did. Yeah. And now we find out people are people, man. That's just not true. Yeah, people are people. Everyone's janky. Mm-hmm. It turns out that even you know even the BBC has things go on that we expect on our show, but don't expect on a professional outfit like theirs. Janky, so, janky indeed. So I felt good about that. How are you, Jensen? How are you, Allie? Good. Well. Everybody all right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I do a thing real quick? Yeah, please. I'm fascinated, fascinated by this story. I saw it in the New York Times yesterday. Um, there are way more questions than answers on this one. Uh, I think this is going to be revealed to be a very weird story, ultimately. A man named Chris Westerbeek runs a small pub in the Netherlands named Café de Castlein. And he was working behind the bar a couple of nights ago. And a guy walks in who had a big, bushy beard. He was very disheveled. He seemed like he was in a daze. The bartender described him as being kind of otherworldly and completely out of place. His clothes were all from the 80s. It's like a time traveler wow. walked into this bar, right? So what's uh, going on? The guy ordered five beers, one right after another, gulped them all down, and then started talking to the bartender. And the story that he told, again, we're going to be hearing a lot more about this. He said that for the last nine years, he and his siblings had not been outside of their house they had barely what? seen the outside world. They, This was one of those families where it sounds like the pieces that I'm trying to put together, it sounds like maybe the dad, who is a little bit incapacitated now because he recently had a stroke, but of course there's no medical care. They didn't call anybody. It sounds like maybe that's how this kid was able to get out. And by kid, I mean he's like 50. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like this was one of those end of days families mm-hmm. where they were like, the world's going to end. We need to just bunker down here in our farmhouse. And, and wait it out, kind of avoid whatever's going to happen out but there. But now it's all cool? Well, I don't know if oh. it's all cool or not. This uh, this guy said that he was the oldest. I think he had five siblings who were back at the house, and he said he wanted to end the way that they were living. Nine years, by the way. And you think about how weird that is in this hyper-connected world where people, you know, people can't go two minutes without knowing what's going on in the outside world via their smartphone. Mm-hmm. These people had no technology at all. They don't even know that they're the exact plot of Kimmy Schmidt. That's an excellent point. They missed the whole thing, even though they're kind of living a Kimmy yeah, Schmidt they have no idea. They didn't right? even know the reference. <laughs> That's right. They wouldn't even know the reference. Right. So the police are investigating right now, and they, uh, the house, the farmhouse had a small vegetable garden, and they did have some livestock, so apparently they were kind of creating you know, their own food. There were six adult siblings um, younger than the man who came in the came in the door. I have a question though. None yes. of 
I mean, at any point, the other five could have gone, we're good. You go have, uh, yeah, go for an hour. Are, these are adults. Go for an hour. These are adults. Yeah. These yeah. aren't, yeah. yeah, five-year-old kids. Right. Right. And yeah. I, and it seems unlikely that Strokey, Stroke Daddy could... <laughs> Stroke wow. Daddy. I like it. Also, my rap name. Yeah, good nickname. It, it seems unlikely that he could have corralled that many adults and, like, locked them all in or something like that. Like, there would have been multiple opportunities for these kids slash adults to escape. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is why I don't understand. Several of the siblings' births had never been registered. Police said in this in a statement that the family had not been registered at all in the municipality. They say they've never seen anything like this before. There's a lot of speculation, but very few facts right now. There's still a lot of unanswered questions, say the police spokesperson. So they are looking into it. There is a handyman who apparently is involved somehow with the family who is a person of interest. So I don't know if that person was keeping them captive or if that person was helping them be able to do what they needed to do, you know, get medicine to them or whatever. I don't know. This is just a weird story. But nine years inside your farmhouse in the Netherlands is no way to live. Would would Stroke Daddy actually would he have done something illegal? If you're I mean, if you're just if, if there's adults with you. If you are holding them against their will, if there's some sort of kidnapping involved, I think yeah, it would be illegal even if it even if it's your kids. If you're if you're not letting them well, like leave. grown man napping. Like it's not like Yeah, right. how old are these people? Um, I don't remember. I think they're in their 20s, 20s and 30s, I want to say. Okay. Hmm. Still, I mean, that's not, hmm. it's grown man napping. It's, it, they are. Yeah, but it's still, but it's still called kidnapping if you're holding someone against their will. I mean, if I lock you in a bathroom and don't let you right. out ever, it's still kidnapping. How would he be able to accomplish For nine that, years. I don't yeah. know. For nine years. Stroke, yes. da- stroke daddy of all people. Yeah. yeah. I know. I expected more from stroke daddy. Right. But anyway, and why, I mean, did this guy just make a break for it or was he able to leave at any time and just decided one day he woke up and said, I got to find out about this Kimmy Schmidt. I need to get out to <laughs> get down to the bar and start asking some questions. He made a show about my life. <laughs> right, also, exactly. like he casually just walked in and drank yeah. five beers and then was like, listen, it wasn't yeah. like he walked in and was like, help, I've been stuck in this thing for nine years. Like, exactly. Right. Didn't he was go calm. to police. No. He went Didn't to the gym police. at the local pub. Went right. to the Chris's bar. Yeah, loosen exactly. up a bit, you know. Right. Mm. Yeah, and this you know, I suspect. I know bartenders hear a lot of stories, but very rarely do you hear a story <laughs> like that one, right? Right. So anyway, I will. Uh, I will definitely keep my eye on that story and get some more information. Uh, Thank you. Know, you. As it uh, as it is unveiled, I love that. All right, let's talk about today's Kevin and Beach show, shall we? Hey, can I say something real quick? Sure. Uh, I just want to say, I think we're gonna have a great show today. So yeah, have a great show today. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Yesterday sucked. Okay. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Chance the Rapper joins us. Woohoo! Oh, I'm very excited about this. New show, Rhythm and Flow, which is on Netflix. Which is really good, by the way. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, not that anyone in our audience would have done this, but you bribed somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, none of us have, I, I assume. Mm-hmm. Kevin, you seem to always I bribed have... a lot of people these days. <laughs> you seem to always have a big fat roll of 20s. You never know, and, man. And I assume that's for just peeling off as needed. You never know when you can get out of the house. You've been there for 19 years or whatever it is. Right. Uh, B makes us guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have tickets to Kevin and Bean's Last Breakfast with Green Day. Ooh. And Steve Gorman joins us in studio. Had to handle, uh, uh, how to handle, hard to handle the life and death. <laughs> I get it. Hard to handle the life and death of the Black Crows. I believe is how you say it. Also, that. how to handle the Black Crows would have been a good second title for it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's understood. It works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll take a break. We'll come back with what's happening next. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Check, check. One, two, one, two, check. We're good. Check, one, two, check. No, we're good. No, no, no. It's all good. I feel like it's all working. Yeah, we're fine. We're fine. Let's just go with it. Hey, Allie. Hey, Bean. What's happening on this Wednesday? Well, 
if you feel like maybe somebody's missing, it's because she is. Felicity Huffman, she reported to prison yesterday to begin serving her 14-day sentence for her role in the National College admissions bribery scandal. Her rep said in a statement that she's prepared to serve the term of imprisonment and then do one year of supervised release with conditions including 250 hours of community service. It's a lot of community service. It's sure a is. lot. Mm-hmm. It, it sure is, is. yeah. You don't, you don't know until you've done it. It's How crazy. many hours would somebody, like, not you, but somebody Well, Mark do... and Brian, I think, yeah. did. Wasn't it over 100 that Mark and Brian did do for that 126 thing? hours. How long wow. did it take them? About a year. Wow. About a year? From, from what I hear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of work did they, did they do? do? yeah. Were they like on the side of a freeway picking up trash? Or they soup, soup kitchen? kitchen? I mean, they didn't check in with us all the time. <laughs> but but <laughs> why, why would, you we, why would we know? Why do you well, think right. we would know? I, you guys spoke to him about it, I'm sure. They uh, they were mostly working in food banks. Got mm-hmm. it. Yeah, packing groceries and things like that. And okay. Handing out food. They got good at it, too. That's what I heard. Did they? Oh, oh wow. Really nail it. They, it they, ne- they never grew to love it, though. <laughs> no? <laughs> Did people recognize them? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, no, not at all. No. It was very early in their career. <laughs> hey, guys, um, I was thinking about this yesterday. Do Felicity Huffman and William H. Macy have um, small children? Do they have a young, a young family? Do you guys know? I don't know. I don't think so. I think, I think it's, it's the, mostly the, the right? college-age Oh, okay. Kids. Gotcha. Because I was wondering, because she, she turned herself in early. She didn't have to go to mm-hmm. jail yet. And I was just wondering if she, because it's two weeks. I was just wondering if she was thinking ahead toward Halloween. Like, oh, I've got to get in now so I can be out in time for Halloween. So that's You what I was really wondering. think these stories through, don't you? <laughs> I do. I have a lot of questions about a lot of things, you guys. I'm a curious person. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, why would, you turn, why would you turn yourself in early? Like, you'd hate the idea of going to jail. Like, I feel like you'd put it off until you had to be there, unless there was some reason to be out at a certain time. Right, this, thought, does, right, it's, this is important. Write it down. Yeah. Uh, Google. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It does look like Just, he has a son named William H Macy the third, who's a little younger. Okay, so maybe you know maybe they just want to be available for Halloween. Oh, it says right here she wanted to serve her 14-day sentence now because she loves her some Halloween spooks. <laughs> Hit it, Steve. No, okay. No. All right, all right. <laughs> Thank God Steve wasn't paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think she just wants to get this kind of over with. Okay. Probably so she could sit back and when on Becky gets her sentence, right. she'd be like, suck it. <laughs> uh, this whole situation is just good Lord. Good. She Lord. is a criminal. You guys uh, interested in a Tiger Woods memoir? His first ever? Um, I don't think I would read it, but I okay. feel like a lot of people would be interested. I mean, he's had a fascinating life. Mm-hmm. If, For it's sure. on, if it's honest. Well, he says that he is writing back a candid new book about the ups and downs of his personal life and career. He said, I've been in the spotlight for a long time, and because of that, there have been books and articles and TV shows about me, most filled with errors, speculative, and wrong. This book is my definitive story. Like Jensen said, if he's honest, like if he has a a week-by-week account of all the women he cheated on his wife with, I would read that. Like a schedule. I would read that, yeah. Easy. There's Pornhub for that, dude. (laughs) No, but I... Like week-to-week, like just tell me exactly what happened. (laughs) I just... (sighs) What happened? Exactly. That's what you want, though. Mm -hmm. That's what you want. Well, I mean, again, you want it to be honest. I mean... It's so fascinating to me that after his personal life fell apart, he could no longer play golf at a professional level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it had to be mental, right? 
Oh, yeah. yeah it had to be mental. And then, of yeah. course, he developed back problems and everything else after that. But, I mean, I would love to kind of read his perception of that because that must have been the most frustrating time in his whole life to have been the best golfer in the world and then all of a sudden not be able to even make the cut for a tournament. And remember how much he aged? Yes. Yeah. It was like overnight. He like, was yes. 70. What it's like, happened? It's like he did... It, Two whole rounds as president. I know they're not called rounds, but I made him golfy golf, yeah, and presidential. Yeah. But yeah, yeah you're like, right. You're his right. hairline went away. Yeah. His hair went gray. Like it was just bad. He turned yeah, he, like a gray, all gray, his yeah. whole face. Yeah. Uh. I mean, did it to yourself, Tiger? Am I right? right? Yeah. You like the <laughs> still pointing, huh? <laughs> Works on the radio. Some just want to point that out for you. Tim Robbins, Flea, Bob Weir, and your friend John Mayer. Yes. It's weird his birthday is the same, same day as Bob, Bob Weir. Weir. I know. And they're all Grateful Dead guitaristy guys, and they're all, let's jam. And then Flea's like, can I get in on this? And they're like, you're too pumped, dude. No. And Tim Robbins is like, my ex is a bitch. And that's what's happening. <laughs> it's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Hey, guys. Hot damn hot water, hot shower. Guess who's on the phone? Hot Atlanta smoking green cauliflower. Anyone have a guess? Tangerine, uh, I call no. Chance the Rapper? Chance the Rapper is on the phone. Grammy-winning rapper and actor and one of the judges on the new Netflix show Rhythm and Flow, which is kind of like The Voice except for with way more F-words. Hey, Chance, how are you, man? (laughs) What's good, y'all? It is like The Voice with more (laughs) (laughs) F-words. It's a a fascinating show. I want to let you explain to the people how it works, and then we have a bunch of questions about it. Yeah, so Rhythm and Flow is the first legitimate hip-hop competition series. Uh, it's hosted by myself, uh, the legendary T.I., and the amazing Cardi B. And basically, we gave uh, over 30 uh, young artists from across the country an opportunity to hone their craft, to, to be built as artists, and to possibly uh, win a, a crazy money prize, you know? The big difference between this and those other music competition series is, one, like you said, it's a lot more real. You know what I'm saying? Like, hip-hop is... You know, like one of the first, it is the first genre where writing your own music is, is, is like, you know, the, one of the biggest caveats, like, you're, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of, a lot of mu- music, uh, even just the music industry at its inception, like there's the singer and then the songwriter, the producer, the stylist, the videographers, all that was, you know, owned by the label and they would give that to the artists, you know, hip hop, you know, is, is run by 17 year olds that style themselves, that produce their own music videos, produce their own music, write their own songs, you know, create the attitude and the look and everything that goes along with it. And so that's what this show is, is, is giving people the opportunity to, uh, to one, learn the basis and basic teachings of hip hop. And then two, you know, like I said, like the biggest difference between this and those other shows is they, they locked them in the terrible contracts for the rest of their lives. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, our show doesn't do that. It was a big, big point for me to make sure that we made the competition fair. So the winner of the whole thing gets $250,000, a quarter million dollars, and no strings attached. So wow, they can spend nice. the money exactly how they want to, you know what I'm saying, like build their career, uh, feed their family, whatever it is. And, and, and all the while, everyone else gets the exposure of a lifetime. Let me ask sure. you a question about this kind of show, because it always bugs me in that if I were a judge, 
I feel like there are very few that are one or two out of ten. There are very few that are eight, nine, ten. It all seems to be sort of in the middle. How do you judge if they're if they're good but not great? How do you judge that? Well, it's two different parts. So one is is what we're judging. You know what I'm saying? So the other show is like it's the same thing they're judging every week. Is how well do you sing someone else's song? Right. Ours is the creation of the song. So it's like whether it's production of using like an old sample from another song or um, collaborating with an R&B artist or, um, you know, a, a cypher with freestyling or battle rap or whatever it is. It's all about the challenges. So each challenge is, is different. The other big difference is, you know, a lot of those shows, they spend the, like the first few weeks showcasing all the worst talent. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's funny. That's an awesome thing for, you know, just for content for people to watch. But, you know, we respect we respect what hip hop is. And so like, we don't spend a lot of time with the rough. We spend a lot of time with the diamonds. So if you watch the show, you know, the first four episodes came out last week and we got together 30 artists that are all dope as hell. You know what I'm saying? Yep. All at least sevens or eights. And then we spend the rest of the competition turning them into tens. Chance, uh, Chance the Rapper on the line right now, by the way, we're talking about Rhythm and Flow on Netflix, new episodes every Wednesday. Chance, you seven years ago, yeah. as a contestant on this show, how would you have fared? How how prepared would you have been to be able to cover all elements of the hip-hop business when you were brand new and starting out? You know what's funny? We've been having that conversation, me and the other judges, a lot lately, and I feel like the overall consensus at first was that we, you know, it's tough, it's, you know, and it's a lot of different styles of, of musicality that you got to be good at. But in recent, you know, weeks and just watching the show, I think I probably would have won the whole thing. <laughs> listen, listen I, can, yeah. I can speak to this direct. I can speak to this direct because I was lucky enough to produce a video for Chance it, in that seven-year period there. Yeah. And when we first saw his music it, and heard and, and the video and everything that he'd put out when he was basically in high school, he was outstanding. He had an original voice and he had everything going on. And I, I felt thrilled to be able to do anything with the dude and to kind of stay in his life still this, you know, through the ESPYs and stuff that we've done together. But he has understood his persona from the beginning and so watching you do that on this show chance has been insane because it's almost like you're teaching them what you did seven years ago exactly that's like that's like the whole i think basis of why i felt like i was cool to be on the show is because you know each one of us had a completely different come up in the music stuff you know what i'm saying like ti was 100 percent authentic because a lot of times in this like, I'm sorry. I hope we're not live. No uh, a lot of we, times, we, we caught it. It's okay, man. It. Style of music. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. It's all right. uh, and a lot of times with this music, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we don't have all the tools, you know what I'm saying, of a label or somebody with money that believes in us. So we got to make the money ourselves. Sometimes it's not in totally legal ways. On Cardi B's part, she had to go through a reality series. Like, she came from the bottom and did Love and Hip Hop for two and a half years. And, and showcase some music the whole time and then blew up to be one of the biggest recording artists of all time. Yep. Chance and his manager, Pat, have had a vision since day one, and they did it on their own. It's been sort of bonkers to watch from afar. Really, yeah. Me and my dad, from when I first got out of high school, my dad uh, came to me and, and, and decided that he was going to help me advance my, you know what I'm saying, this mixtape that I worked on, this 10-day mixtape, mm -hmm. um, which was like, my first thing that I ever really did that got me on tour with Childish Gambino and got me a lot of looks, got me my complex uh, look. And, and my and my dad showed me, like, promotion is key. You know what I'm saying? Like, so standing out and, and passing out tickets hand-to-hand, -hand, you know what I'm saying? Uh, um, you know, creating flyers, like, standing out in the cold, like, 
connecting with your with your fan base one on one was like the biggest part of making of making a connection. You know what I'm saying? Cutting out the middleman. And so I always operated by that. My dad even to this day is, you know, on my management team and, and when I was getting ready to do this show, like he wanted me to make sure that I showcase these certain specific attributes of being a successful campaigner to, to these artists. And so we tried to impart them with that wisdom. And I think it's like the coolest part about this whole show is just that you, it's not like the only real rapper is the winner. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. Right. Before you have to go, uh, you're going to be back hosting SNL on October 26th. You're going to be host and musical uh, guest. Will you be back as uh, the hockey reporter? I can't. I can't guarantee any sketches now. We're actually. Uh, but I've chance had a few as to air already. As they say in hockey. Let's do that hockey. Yeah. Yes. 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 All right, we got to uh, let you go because they're, tell, they're telling us they got to pull you away, Chance. You're too for, famous. No, for, too for famous for more than 10 famous. minutes. Yeah. I know. It was so fun to have you. The show is terrific. <laughs> it's called The Rhythm and Flow. New episodes every Wednesday on Netflix. You guys will really, really enjoy it. There's so much talent on the show. Chance, you're welcome. Anytime on the Kevin Beach Show. Great to catch up with you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. If you guys are in Los Angeles, December 14th, make sure you guys come out to Rolling Loud. I'm headlining. Excellent. Fantastic. All right, he invited us. We all, all right. have tickets. We're in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Green day, you guys, at the HD Radio South Space at K-Rock. It's Kevin Bean's last breakfast coming up on uh, the 28th. We want you to be there with a game that we call Name That Billy. You want to see Green Day? Nope. Cause it's his last breakfast. Come on and try. Name that Billy. <laughs> Name that Billy. <laughs> All right, Pete Bean. Name that Billy. Name that Billy. Name that Billy. <laughs> Omar, come on. That's a oh, jam right so there. So good. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Allie, you are hosting the game. The callers yeah. are standing by on the phone. What are we doing this time around? I am going to read you a description of a Billy, but you've got to hear all of it because sometimes there will be a clip with it as well. But as soon as I ask you to name that Billy, just name what Billy we're talking about. Very simple. All right, so these are all famous people named Billy. Yeah. Okay, so now- these are people who are famous uh-huh. and also named Billy. That is right, Kevin. Um, Billy is uh-huh. the name. Yes. yes. Fame is their game. Would Jensen, it be worth, that is correct. Would it be worth mentioning the tie-in is that Billy Joe Armstrong is the lead singer of the band? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That right. would be a worth it. No, we're just doing something about Billy's. <laughs> okay. All right. I feel like first? people assume that, but okay. Well, yeah. you uh, know. No, not a problem. Let's start with uh, Pat in Redondo Beach. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. Hey, Pat. All right. He's a comedian, actor, most recently killed it as a voice of Timon in the remake of The Lion King. But most know him as the manic wackadoodle running the streets of New York City with a celeb and shouting questions in the face of passerby. Gentlemen, any thoughts on Kira Sedgwick? I love her. I do. I her at um, John. 
Kira Sedgwick. Oh my god, this is so gay. I can't take this. I cannot take this. Miss, have you gotten your Madonna tickets yet? Hell no. Why? Because I can't afford them. Why not? Because I live in New York and I'm going to be 64 and I have no health insurance. I don't ask for your whole life story. Oh, f*** you. <laughs> Name oh. that Billy. That was an entire episode. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Enjoy. I, uh... I don't know oh, that Billy. Oh, so I'm going to call him Billy Kiss My A. Well, <laughs> he'd like that. It's Billy Eichner. Mm, Sorry, you, Pat. Uh, Appreciate you calling. All right. Thank All right. you. Name that Billy. All right. Let's go to Adrian in Huntington Beach. Good morning. Morning, guys. Uh, long time, first time. Thank Excellent. you. Thank you, and thank you. Hey, Adrian, whatever you do, don't tell his heart, his achy, breaky heart, or his daughter Miley. This country singing actor recently had a resurgence with his remix of Old Town Road with Lil Nas X. Name that Billy. Billy Ray Cyrus. Yes. Nicely well done. done. Name that Billy. All right, you hold All right. on. You're in the in drawing. The, someone's in the drawing. Mm-hmm. Let's see who's next. Next, next up is James. Whoa. James, Whoa. you in a windstorm? What's going on? Are you there, James? Hey, how's it going, guys? Okay, good. We can hear okay, you. Good. All right, James. Yeah, sorry about that. No That's worries. okay. This teenager is arguably the biggest singer in the world right now. Unbelievable to think her songs are written in a bedroom in her parents' house with her older brother, using sounds like a dentist drill to an easy-bake oven timer. Duh. Oh, Name that. That's got to be uh, Billie Eilish? It nice. is Billie Eilish. It does. Name that Billie. Nicely you done. You are in the drawing. All right. Up next, Gilbert in West Covina. Good morning. Hey, good morning, everybody. Hey, Gilbert. In his most iconic role, this legend plays a gambler, a playboy, a con artist, and the original owner of the Millennium Falcon, which, of course, he lost in a bet to Han Solo. Yes, I'm talking about the smoothest mofo in the Star Wars franchise, Lando Calrissian. Name that Billy. Um, That would be Billy... Yes. You are right about he's, he's that. Got it. So okay. far, so good. He's got it. It's on the tip of his tongue. Oh, uh, he was a spokesperson for Colt 45. That's the same yeah. guy we're talking about. Same Correct. Billy. Same yeah. guy, but we need a name. Mm, no. Gilbert, no, no. you, no, no. you no, disgust no, no. me. Oh, no, you no, disgust Billy D. Me. Williams. Uh, yeah, Bean, you're disgusting. Bean doesn't want you at his funeral. Take it easy. It's not a funeral, you guys. Oh, yeah, it is. Sure it is. That's okay. what I heard. All Billy right. Joe Armstrong is the lead singer for a band called Green Day. We're playing Name That Billy to get into the breakfast with Green Day here on the Kevin and Bean Show. Who's our next contestant? Next up is Heather from Moore Park. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, Heather. This iconic singer was all over K-Rock in the 80s, from White Wedding to this Grammy-nominated song. Name that Billy. Who is Billy Idol? Oh, and in the form of a question. Well done, Heather. Name that Billy. All right. By so, the way, Billy yeah. Idol still sounds today like he did when he started. Yes. So amazing. good. It's insanity. He's so amazing. good. All right. We have time for one more? Two more? Sure. All right. Let's go to Cameron in Venice. Good morning. Hi. Hi there. Hey, Cameron, who amongst us wouldn't wear a vial of our lover's blood around our neck? And that's exactly what this actor did with his ex's Angelina Jolie's blood. He won a Golden Globe and an Oscar, an incredible talent, but he's a true wackadoodle. Hard to tell where the acting stops and where the real Billy begins. You wouldn't say that to Tom Petty, would you? I might not. So name that Billy. (laughs) 
that's Billy Bob Thornton. Yes. yes. Nicely done. We're on a roll. I we say are. let's keep going. Man. Okay. All day? Yeah. We're, yeah, all day. we're rolling okay. sevens right. and elevens here, man. Let's why stop? Talia in uh, Ventura. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Hey, Talia. This man has many layers. He's a musician known as a songwriter, lead singer, guitarist, and sole permanent member of the Smashing Pumpkins. He's also the owner and promoter of National Wrestling Alliance. Also a huge Cubs fan and has thrown out the pitch and sung Take Me Out to the Ball Game numerous times. Name that Billy. Billy Corgan? Yes. It is indeed. You guys know their billies. They do know their billies, yeah. Hey, uh, you guys only, as I hate to do this because Adrian and James and Heather and Cameron and Tally are all wonderful contestants. They all were able to name that Billy, but we only have two tickets to give away right now for Kevin Bean's last breakfast with Green Day. Jensen, you're going to break a lot of hearts here, but you're going to make somebody very happy. Who is it? The winner is Heather. Yeah! Heather. Congrats, Heather. Thanks, guys. I'm so excited. We'll Yay. see you at the breakfast. And thanks for playing the game. Rest in peace, Bean. Name that Billy. Name that Billy. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. This day in history with old man Ruben. Ruben? Hold on. Are you drawing on the wall? Yeah. Why? What do you mean? It's hieroglyphics. It's how I learned to communicate as a boy on our cave walls. You see this guy here? That's me. I'm holding my hunting bow. This here is uh, you guys. That's Omar with the headphones on. See? Anyway, okay. This here is a chicken. And here, this is me killing the chicken for dinner. Oh, Jesus. So much blood. Yeah, well, that's how you know it's going to be tender. Okay, so this is me with all the natives, and we're having a feast. Oh, it's actually kind of cool, but that's a lot of meat. Is that all from the chicken? No, silly. I also killed you guys. See? We're eating you, too. Ruben. Maybe we should stop doing these? Whatever you guys want. But yeah, I'll eventually eat you, even if we stop. <laughs> See, because Ruben is old. <laughs> I think I like where that was going. He's a psychopath. Come here, who did you start with, though? Like, you have to pick who do you start with? Over me or Omar? No, I mean, all of us. Really. Oh, well, Omar I'd start with because he's hotter. Sure. Omar. But wouldn't you go with mugs just because there's way more meat on the bone? No, because you'll be too full to continue. Also, imagine Well, that's the, the things... goal of killing to eat, mugs, is yeah. to be full. No, but he wants to eat everybody. It's not clean meat with mugs. It's yeah, like that's I that's have true. to that's deal true. with like eating a Del Taco burrito at 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that, this day in history got weird, you guys. Who to eat first is a good subject <laughs> yeah. for the show. Well, mm-hmm. it's also only weird if you've never done it before. Right, that is <laughs> true. Oh, my God, Ruben. <laughs> only the first time is weird. Uncomfortable. Um, Hey, guys, I'm glad Ruben is in here because we started having a conversation uh, in the office yesterday. And I don't know how it came up, but we started talking about bribes. And uh, Ruben, you had a story. Yours was the Mexico story, right? That's right, Bean. I had a pretty good story I, I wanted to share with everyone. And this was before Mexico was a country. It was just a, a, it was just a territory at this point, right? <laughs> yes. Just yeah, land. Yeah, that's right. It's still, still just a territory. <laughs> before it had borders. I, we thought you had a story. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. That's where you go. Okay. He dozed off, you guys. He's very old. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm losing it. Okay, so we were, me and a bunch of friends were in Mexico, and uh, we were just doing stupid stuff be- that we couldn't do here. So uh, um, I had to move the car because wherever we were parked, the, it was going to close, and I just needed to move it to a different location. So mm-hmm. I jumped in my car, and it wasn't the best because it had some electrical issues, so it would shut off while I was driving down the road. So I, it shut off on me, and there was a cop behind me. So while it was rolling, I just turned it back on, and the cop must have heard it. And so he pulled me over. And 
So, <laughs> I uh, he came up to the window. Jensen, and- can you write this down for him? Yeah, hold on. Well, it's hard because I'm also <laughs> writing a script at the same time. So it's very difficult. I'm trying to write the movie. Right, of so this. he walks so up to the window. I'm talking to the cop, and he's going to take me in. Like, he's just not, not having it. He's going to take me in. And I was like, okay, well, how long am I going to be there? I got to be back to work, you know everything else back in the u.s and he's like well i don't know you're gonna to have to see the judge and there's gonna be a fine and this and that and I'm what like, was he wearing do you remember <laughs> what was the weather like and then you said so i said holy well, crap I, I said if you were the judge like how much would it be nice that's the move <laughs> and okay. that's what he was All waiting right. for okay so he's like well how much you got so that's when i reached for my wallet and i opened it up and he reached into my wallet uh-huh. and pulled out Name a five dollar bill. <laughs> Name right, that need, Billy. We don't need that. <laughs> Name that bill. <laughs> he pulled out. <laughs> he reached in his pocket. This is what I was. Yes. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he reached into your pocket. No, he reached into my wallet. Wallet uh-huh. and pulled out a five dollar bill. Luckily, I had other money in my pocket, but just not in my wallet. Mm-hmm. So he pulled out the five dollars. And he looked at it and he said, "That'll be, that'll do, that'll be enough." You got out of it five dollars. Yeah, I wow. was surprised. I would have paid five dollars for that story to go quicker. <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> um, that wasn't a good story. Right? <laughs> 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 it was not a good story, and it was not well told. Um, but it does get us on the subject of bribes. By the way, wouldn't you bet that half of our listeners who have gone to Tijuana have ended up oh, having yeah. to bribe the policia at some point? Yes, I, mean, I had to pay forty bucks. Yeah, it's standard practice. If yeah. you go there, if uh, if you catch the eye of a police officer, you're going to end up handing over some money. It's right. like a rite of passage there, right? What yeah. was your What was the forty bucks for, Kevin? What were you trying to get out of? I don't. Same thing. And pulled over. I'm going to do my story faster. Pulled over. Came up. Said mm-hmm. I had to wait for the judge. Yeah. How about this? And then he, <laughs> this is what I have. And then he walked and then away I with his donkey. Out. Yeah. Then he walked away with the donkey. <laughs> Did he at any point say sindientes? Uh, he did not know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Different story. Sorry, I get I get. I know confused. what I'm doing. I don't need instruction. Um, you weren't a cheap bastard like uh, like Ruben, though, with a, with a $5, $5 bill, right? Well, I've traveled in Mexico, so I know to travel with money separate from your wallet. So if right. take I will wallet, say this. You, a lot of times, parking attendants can be bribed. A lot of really? times. Really? Oh, like, oh, get me VIP like, parking? Yeah, just yeah. like giant places, and they know it's not going to fill up, and no one really knows who let you in. It's pretty I, I, simple. So I went... I went for comedy for a while. Yeah. They would say no, and I would say, would you tell that to George Washington? And I would hold, <laughs> oh my and I hold on a $1 bill. <laughs> Three times I did it. Once I got in because they found it funny. Yeah, uh, We used to do that at Dodger games, I just remember. Is that right? Yeah, so back in the day when the parking wasn't so, I mean, now it's just like so directional. You can't get anywhere else. But we would pull up and say, where are we parking? They'd say lot N or whatever. And i go, what if what if this, though? And then they go, and then they'd be like, E. And it was like twenty dollars, yeah. and I'd be much closer. Nice, well worth, worth it. it. Yeah, totally worth well it. Well worth it. It also must be weird for Ruben to know all of the people on the bills too. Yeah, yeah. He must feel very weird about carrying <laughs> his friends around on his wallet. Personal friends of mine. We are uh, looking for your stories of what you bribed to get out of, or what you bribed to get into. I guess because mm-hmm. they're ha- I mean, think about all the all the uh, all the lines at clubs and things like that. Oh, Door, great doorman. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people shaking hands, and there happens to be a twenty dollar bill in that. I handshake. guess I'm always wondering who I can. And can't tip for that stuff though i feel like i don't do it enough i i could probably do it more yeah you could because I, there are things where i'm like oh i want to move in i want to get closer or whatever and i go oh well and then i i feel like people probably just give a handshake and they do the thing i wish i could do well the right. thing is is you can't expect it to always work right uh, uh, if you're a girl 
We're what? not, though. <laughs> I, Allie, I have, you, have you bribed anyone? No. Why would I bribe because anyone? Because you're a girl. A you don't chick. need to. Yeah. 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 That's right. Hot chick, too. Hot yeah. Chick. Yeah, that, that does affect That's it. bogus. 1-800-520-1067 is the number. We're looking for your stories of bribes. Do you, th- do you think that most people who are gatekeepers, like we're talking about parking lot attendants or, cl- or club doormen or something like that, most people are susceptible to the bribe? Or do you think that m- more people would, would say no because they don't want to get in trouble, they don't want to get fired, they don't want to get fired? Overall, I would guess there would be more people that don't because oh, of really? fear of being fired. Right. But I think it's pretty close. But you remember the cable game back in the day? Like the the game of paying your cable dude oh, for sure. more channels. Sure, that was like a thing. Yeah, that was that cable, would unlock everything. You go, cable yeah, dudes bought. Yeah, they bought like mansions off that. I don't know if that's true, but, <laughs> but I remember you could throw them like fifty bucks and you got like HBO forever. Yeah, they just, really? just yeah, you just flipped a switch. Remember that, Bean? Yes. Back you're, abso- you're absolutely right. It was yes. an entire industry. Like yes. you, you, every time a cable guy came, my dad used to pay him off for channels every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah, was what? Because what do they care? They don't, right. yeah, they they don't, don't care, care at all. all. And it yeah. never comes back to them back then. All right, 1-800-520-1067. We're taking your bribe stories today. The only rule is it has to be a better, faster story than Ruben's, okay? I but mean, which it, is a very easy rule to follow. It, it can be the briber or the bribee as well. Either way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. if you're on the receiving end of all of those George Washingtons from Kevin, we want to hear about you. We'll take your calls next on K-Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Talking about bribes. What have you bribed somebody to do or to not have to do? 1-800-520-1067. You know, we were thinking of just cash, but Mary was trading in something else. La Puente, line one. Let's hear her story. Hey, Mary. Hey, Mary. Hey, good good morning, everybody. So, uh, as I mentioned, no one knows this. Um, So, I'm, like, outing myself. But um, my brother, when he was in middle school, he was failing a math class. And so... I was in college, and I decided to go talk to his teacher. His teacher was kind of cute, and so I made the offer to go get a drink. Uh, the teacher accepted, and then we ended up hooking up. My brother passed the class. Whoa. <laughs> You're the best sister. <laughs> Mary. <That's... laughs> I love it. Did you did you try anything else, or did you lead with sex? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it, it ended up like, this guy, the teacher, I actually remember. He he actually was my previous substitute teacher. Oh, this guy's wow. dark. Yeah. So he had also so he had I, also taught you, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So he um, he looked familiar. He actually was like an opportunity. So, anyways, being in college, I kind of knew like frat guys mm-hmm. <laughs> were like down to stuff. So yeah. Okay. Did and, you tell Did you tell your brother? Or did you let him think that he had no, passed the course I on his own? No, I never told him. Really? I did tell him. Can we call that him? We, that I met his teacher and that we we like, we like were, like, really cool and we yes, kind of hit it cool. off. But my brother doesn't know Can we call day, him? But he, no. <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows something because I asked him, like, hey, so what ended up happening? He's like, I passed. Um, I'm going to be able to graduate. And he's like. But I didn't do any homework. I didn't turn anything in. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, all right. You're like, I took care of the homework. I took <laughs> yeah. Mary's like, I turned something in. Mary, you are, you are, you are, Allie was absolutely right. You are the greatest sister ever. And I know you don't want to tell your <laughs> yeah. brother, but never let him forget what an awesome sister you are, all right? Yeah. I love it. Thanks. Thank you for the call. Appreciate What's that. What's happening? That's Amazing! Very cool. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go to Robert Long Beach Line Five, please. Up next, talking uh, the other Robert Line Five one eight hundred five two zero one zero six seven. He is in Long Beach. Welcome to the show, sir. What's going on? 
Hey, guys. Hey, how about Mary, huh? Yeah, how about, about Mary? Mary? I'm with you. What if he was like, I'm Mary's yeah, brother? Yeah, what, what am I doing on the phone? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, so I, too, like uh, like Bean, worked the yellow jacket job, and uh, I was working the floor, which had the VIP seating, uh, so they were more expensive. Uh, some two ladies came up to me and asked me uh, if they could go down there. I said, no, I'm sorry. Um, and then uh, she pulled out a $100 bill. Oh. And, hey, this thing is a minimum wage job. So yeah. uh, I, I picked it out of her hand and said, go ahead, ma'am. Enjoy your um, time. Nice. Look, Robert's yeah, got to eat, yeah, man. Sure. I mean, he's got he's got to take care of himself. You know that I I bet any of those shows that have a general you know a general admission a pit or something like that. I bet a lot of those guys would uh, would happily let you in there without a I without don't a know. ticket. Did you take oh. bribes, Kevin? I was never, I oh, never, never did security, that. but I will tell you this. I had the pass to get in there for That's Acoustic I mean, Christmas, yeah. and that guy stopped me every time. Right. I'm yeah. like, dude, I have the pass. <laughs> yeah. So I had Robert give him hey, 100 if you, bucks. If you've got that money, that'll be your pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate the call. I miss Mary, by the way. Remember, yeah. the, remember the Mary times? <laughs> Mary would have got into that concert. Agree. Sure would have. got on stage. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Harlem. He is in Irwindale on line two, up next on K-Rock. Hey, Harlem. Hello. What's you, up, man? Briber or Bribee? What happened? Wait, what? Tell us your story. That's our question. So uh, I'm an owner-operator, truck driver. I carry Starbucks cards with me, $5, $10 Starbucks cards for the secretaries in the warehouses, just so they can let me in first ahead of everybody oh. waiting in line. Oh, smart. That's entrepreneurial, and yeah. I know, right? So uh, also the supervisors in the warehouses, when they don't have a door for me, um, I, I – I, I'm already friends with them. They already know I'll give them like $100 just so they can get me a door, just so I can go unload and get out of there. Harlem's just making it rain. Yeah. I love it. Harlem's loaded. <laughs> I love it. He's greasing every problem right? he comes across. He doesn't there. even know people. Hey, man, I might run into you later. Oh, here comes Harlem, everybody. Open your wallet. There's a hundo. Yeah, exactly. They know me already. You have to know the, your, your customers and. Oh, here comes here comes Harlem. Yeah, here comes the money bags. Yeah, yeah. All it's right, Christmas every day for Harlem. <laughs> well done. You're doing the right thing. Let's take one more and let's make it to Robert and let's see how he feels. The other Robert, please, line three, Huntington Beach. Let's see how he feels about his decision now. Hey, Robert. Hey, Kevin, Bean, and Allie. Hey, good morning, Hi, Jensen. Hello. What's up? So my ex girlfriend and I went to go see Louis C.K. at the uh, comedy store, and when we got to the door, guy, we said. Uh, get us as close as possible. And he said, for 20 bucks, front row center. So 20 bucks later, we're front row center. Ooh, wow. you bring your own tarps? Yeah, I don't want to be. <laughs> at this point, that's that a Gallagher close. show. I don't want to be that, <laughs> that close to Louis C.K. <laughs> that's not good. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Today I have a new plan. Uh-huh. Uh, oh. My plan is to win. Bean makes his guess. Really? Oh. Today's my day. You're going to step it up. Yep. Okay. Because okay. I feel like... I feel like, and I mean no disrespect, I feel like sometimes you take the game less than seriously. I'm hurt by that. But today, right. yeah. you're saying you're all, you're all in. stepping it up. I'm in. Okay. okay. All right. B makes his guest coming up here on K-Rock. Uh, Allie's here with What's Happening on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, big news. A major structural shift taking place at Marvel. As the brand looks to put even more of its stamp on the Walt Disney Company with the upcoming launch of Disney+. Plus. All of Marvel's creative personnel is moving under Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige. Deadline is hearing that Feige is adding the title of chief creative officer, Marvel. What does this mean to me, the consumer? 
Uh, it just means he's in charge of basically everything. Okay. Everywhere. Well, dude knows what he's Even doing. Even you. Oh, he's in yeah, charge, he's of, in all charge of you. Okay. Yeah. I did play the what you think his salary is game yesterday. In oh, my gosh. Head. It has to be, even at hundreds of millions of dollars, it's underpaid. Absolutely. Yeah. Because he's, he's responsible for billions. Yes. billions yeah. of revenue. Yeah. So yeah. if he were to sit back and be like, Disney, here's what I've made you as the, you know, steerer of the ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's worth, I don't know, 500 to $900 million. And yeah, that he still might he, be underpaid. He literally could Crazy. say, I want a billion dollar yeah. salary. Yeah. And they kind of have to have give to it to do him. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, all of the company's key creative executives across film and TV are now reporting to him. It's a lot of hats. A lot, you guys. <laughs> a lot of a hats. A lot. Yeah. He does wear a lot of hats. He does. He wears them at uh, premieres mm-hmm. with suits. And I yeah. always thought that was kind of... Uh, I mean, man, who cares? You're so, like, you could be bald. You could have terrible hairline. What's it matter, man? You're, yeah, let it go, dude. You're so you have rich. so much money, you could kill a dude whose hair you liked and have that hair transplanted, transplanted onto your head. And no one would say and anything because you're I, that rich. I that's feel right. like there's a few steps in between. <laughs> yeah. But it wouldn't matter. You'd pay them all off. He's yeah. that rich. That's how rich he is. He'd pay off every Kevin's judge, like, every cop. like, the right to murder right. and scalping? Right. Yeah. Did we need that? <laughs> he can make a technology. This is true. He can make a technology uh-huh. where he takes other people's hair, just cuts it off their head, and then grows it into his hair. You know what I mean? Yeah. He can sure. make a technology. Right. And he just still, still wears a hat every day. The point is he has a lot of money. Yes. He no can hair. make a technology. Is <laughs> my favorite <laughs> sentence. And you said it three times. Oh, I mean it. I mean he it. He could make a technology. He could. He could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. He's rich enough. So uh, we talked at the beginning of the week about the box office for the Adams family. It opened at $30.3 million, which is great money. Mm-hmm. They uh, hoped maybe $25 million, weren't really sure. But this will come as no shock. A sequel to the animated movie The Adams Family is what? now in the works. They have a release date of October 22nd, 2021. Oh, shoot. So, oh, no, again? Yeah, it's You're crazy. Booked? Hair again? Yeah, no. Oh, it can't be hair again. It's a foot doctor. Oh, no. I have this uh, sort of like bunion. Like an ingrown toe? No, a bunion. Oh, a bunion. They're going to work on it that week, yeah. yeah. I get it. Shoot. And a year and a half? You got a year and a half out appointment with your podiatrist? He's, a He's really, really good. good. He's really good. <laughs> okay. And it's a bummer because I have to live with the bunion. But yeah. he's great, so it's worth it. Did you name him Paul? Oh, no. my God. Do we even uh, file it or do yes. we kill him? He's gonna, well, he's going to be gone, so. I feel file. like we murder him. Yeah, file it. He's, I mean, he's going to die anyway, but <sighs> fine, guys. Super healthy. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I laugh when I see these little conversations happening. Somebody posted, what's something that you thought would happen a lot as adults, but it rarely, if ever, happens? Interesting. So when you were younger, so you you're, thought you're a kid like- and you mm-hmm. think, oh, when I'm an adult, this is going to happen all the time. This just makes me laugh. One person said, I always thought I was just going to enter quicksand. What? <laughs> well, it comes up a lot in movies. Kid, it's yeah. always in movies yeah, or true. cartoons. You never see quicksand. This is, uh, this is like the conversation we had last week about uh, the things that you're af- afraid of that there's no reason to be afraid of. Like, you shouldn't be walking around fearing quicksand at this point. Yeah, but also things like, I always thought I'd eat ice cream for dinner all the time as an adult. <laughs> right. Which Kevin is like, uh, I yeah, right. I thought that as a kid and I'm living it. <laughs> um, one person said, when I was a kid, I thought that when I grew up, women were always going to make me go to the opera. <laughs> that might be my favorite. Uh, formal entertaining. Some guy said dinner parties hosting fancy holiday dinners i never do that but i thought when you become an adult that's what you always do and i think there is a section of 
our lives, like people that did take on that role, mm-hmm. I'm not that person. Right. I go to those holiday dinners, sure. but I'm never the one hosting it. When I was I, a kid, uh, I thought uh, I would be a teacher, and then Mary would come, uh-huh. and she would help bribe oh, right. for her younger brother. Right. That's what I thought. Yes, That's, That's everyone's dream. <laughs> we did buy a fancy new dining room uh, table and chairs Why? When, we, when we moved to New Orleans. For because... your big formal entertaining parties? Yes. Yep. That was our thought, is we're going to be having people over, have and it would be nice to have a table. Have never sat at it one time. It's just Amazon packages on top of it. <laughs> Essentially, yes. <laughs> Look, like most single people without friends or family, we just sit on the couch and watch TV while we yeah, eat. Well, yeah, well, that, that's not entirely true. I have been invited to your house by, uh-huh. by your lovely wife. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then Bean will call and uninvite me. Yeah. yeah. And not that's just true. me, but everybody that was involved I, in the party. I have been known to do that yeah. on would, multiple occasions. He would call you. yeah, you know that thing that Donna talked to you about? Yeah, it's not happening. I'm right yeah. Please don't come over. On a, uh, on a related note, I have a brand new dining room table and chairs for sale if you would like to check out my, my eBay page. Nice. Um, another one that I liked, um, I thought because we learned it so much in middle school and high school, I assume people were being choking all over the place, having heart attacks all the time because we learned not only CPR, but the Heimlich maneuver. Mm-hmm. So I assumed it just happened all the time. Makes sense. I found funny. Uh, any of you catch the uh, the TV show Sunnyside? It's Cal Penn show. I did not. I, no. I didn't. Hear As you a, know, too much, too much TV. TV. I didn't too hear much. enough about it to make me want to check it out. Well, love and, him. Love him. Love too. him. Yeah. Love him so much. NBC is changing up things in the fall. The network is moving the show Sunnyside to online. Oh no! <laughs> following no, that's, a, that's a good side. Jesse. No, it's not good. <laughs> that's that's no. bad. So following tomorrow's episode, it's moving. Online, and then they're just going to put Will and Grace in their place for their final season starting October 24th. That's so a vote of confidence. No, it's no, no, it's no, not no, so not much confidence as, oh my it's, God. Uh, the end, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's not great. It's not what you that want. That isn't good for you. Guys, uh, Ruben just sent us a note, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to have him come in and tell the story. Thank God. Please. Please. Another kind Thank of time. You. He used the Heimlich maneuver on his dad about a year ago. How is Ruben's dad still alive? Right? Uh, yeah, but Think he's choking on that. He was choking on applesauce. He's so old. All of his body is, even his like windpipe is thin. I think that might be a fascinating phone topic to have people call in who have saved a life with the Heimlich maneuver. Absolutely. Where they were and what the circumstances were and all that kind of stuff. I mean, to be fair, there was no follow up. Did he save him? Oh, yeah, his dad could have oh. died. He just did the maneuver. Didn't, he did the maneuver. Successful. Like, what if he wasn't he was even choking? <laughs> or he wasn't even choking. He's like, Dad, <laughs> check this out. <laughs> <laughs> I gave the Heimlich maneuver to my dad. He had been dead four years in my basement, but I finally um, was able to perform it. Ruben says that he did live. Oh, okay. He did yeah, live. So. Questionable. Uh, interesting. I mean, I I feel like we all should know how to use the Heimlich maneuver, but, you know, pray that it never we never are called into action to, do, to be that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or CPR. Yeah, got to learn both. Yeah, for sure. Bean, I think I'm coming around on your whole 7-Eleven love. Oh, what's going on? 7-Eleven is exclusively selling containers of edible cookie dough made with Reese's peanut butter cups. <gasps> that is good for you. <laughs> the package says you can either eat it or just bake with it. 7-Eleven. That's right. what I'm saying. Exclusive. Can you go and buy that and report back? Time to go to 7-Eleven, isn't it? I mean, well, just wait until after the show if you can. Edible okay. cookie dough is quite a trend. It's quite sure a trend. Is. But added with Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh, yeah. And yeah. no offense, uh, everybody. 
with, oh, yeah, it's edible now. You're not going to die from it. Uh, we lived on the edge. All right. of you wusses nowadays are like, <laughs> oh, maybe I'll get salmonella. And you'll love it because you just ate cookie dough. Yeah, it's worth it. Suck it up. I've right? eaten cookie dough a thousand times in my life and never given any consideration right? the fact that you couldn't, yeah. you couldn't eat it. Now yeah. you're right. All the pussies are out there going, oh, no, it's <laughs> exactly. not safe. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. We drank out of a hose. Right? We didn't care about Especially lead. You. Well, yeah, that's not a who. <laughs> Happy birthday, Tim Robbins. Flea, Bob Weir, and John Mayer, and that's what's happening. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Mm-hmm. You think that's good? You think he's getting ready? Hey. No, sir. I do. I think no, he's sir. Air boxing. No, sir. This is my hype think, song. Oh, yeah. Muggs is it. excited about what time of year it is. Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Right? Sounds like some kids are ringing the doorbell for some candy. That's a doorbell? Could be. Halloween spooks outside my window. You know what? Halloween spooks behind the tree. Oh. I wish Kevin. I'm right here. I'm fine. Everything's working. It is uh, It is Halloween spooks. That means it's officially Halloween time here on the Kevin and Bean Show. And I bring that up to say we have a special Halloween edition of Bean Makes His Guest. Hit it, Steve. Bean Makes His Guest, yeah. Ooh, ooh. Bean Makes His Guest, yeah. Who gets penis slapped? Bean is a dick. Pretty dope, man. Just want to tell ya. I am the dumbest human that ever lived. Now it's time for Bean Makes His Guest. Yes. Let's face it, when you think Halloween, you think monsters, you think uh, Frankenstein's monster, and you think Dracula, and of course you think zombies. There has been a great tradition at the theaters of zombie movies throughout the years. This is Ranker.com's list, according to the internet, of the best zombie movies of all time. The best zombie movies of all time. And I don't want to say that there have been a lot of them, but I scrolled through the top 50 on this list. But we're only going to be given points for the top 10. If you can get one in the top 10, you get a point. What are the best zombie movies of all time? Kevin, as is our custom, you go first, I hate to take number one off the board already. Okay. But boo, a Medea Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) There's zombies in that? What? Uh, I didn't see it. I don't know if there were zombies zombies in that. It did not make the list. I'm Uh, sorry, as as one of the greatest. But I I, got to give Kevin some credit. He actually picked a a movie that might have had a zombie in it. Thank you. So that was good. It did have a zombie in it. Muggs, I feel like you have seen every movie on this list. You seem like a zombie fan. I'm a zombie head. Okay. All right. What's your pick then? Night Mm. of the Mother Living Effing dead. I mean, that's not exactly I mean, what George Romero called it, but it is number five on okay. the list. Oh. One of the classic all-time zombie movies from the great George Romero, uh, Night of the Living Dead, number five. Well done. You are on the board. Allie, you're up next. I wrote down two movies. One was just taken. Oh, okay. So I will say Mummy. Mummy? <laughs> Yeah. Zombies. Just kidding. No, I, that's not what I meant. I meant Mummy loves this movie. That movie is Zombie Land. <laughs> zombie Land. Are we going to recount that as a second guess? No, or? I don't know. Land. Let's zombie give it to Land. her. Let's give it to I mean, her. We'll give it to My her. My mummy loves <laughs> it. Is, uh, uh, Bill Murray, Amber Heard, Emma Stone from 2009. Zombie Land is number two In on my the list. Head of mummy. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, mummy was a zombie. Technically. Are they? I guess. I mean, yeah. Okay, okay thanks. But Zombieland. Yeah. yeah cool. Zombieland is the cool. All right, so we have number two and number five. Sweet. Kevin, you seem very confident this week. What's your zombie movie? Zombie Strippers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Starring a... Jenna Jameson. Mm. By the way, great movie. And Robert England. Great movie. Oh. Not on the list. Come I'm sorry. Come on, man. Uh, that would be strippers. That would be in my top ten. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I think that was. I think the internet is wrong on that one. Okay. I, I, it was a great guess. All right, Muggs. How about Dawn of the Dead? Mm. Only number yes. one. Yes. Um. Uh, I, I guess I should clarify here, uh, Muggs. Yeah. Dawn well, of the Dead from what year? Uh, it was the one with uh, Ving Rhames, right? Or, uh, or the original. I don't know what to do now because they're both in the top ten. Oh, they're both in the top <laughs> they're ten. They're both in the top ten. We'll give you one point for Dawn of the Dead, but okay. Dawn of the Dead, the George Romero original, is number one from okay. 1978. Yeah. And Dawn of the Dead, the Ving Graham's remake in 2004, written by James Gunn, by the way, is number oh. six on the mm. list. Right. All right, so those are both taken off the board. You get a point. You're up 2-1. Allie, you're next. If this isn't number one... I just told you what number we one We already was. have a number one. Yeah. Dawn of the Dead yeah. is number one. I guessed it already, Allie. Thanks, though. <laughs> what? <laughs> Thanks for playing. Is it mummy? <laughs> I don't know. I think you might be a zombie. Yeah. Uh, the only reason I thought of this movie was because you said Dawn of the Dead. So uh-huh. I bring to you Shaun of the Dead. And I say number three yes. is Shaun of the it's Dead. Not one. It's, no, Dawn no, of the okay. Dead is number okay. one. Then Zombieland, Shaun of the Dead with Martin Freeman, Simon Pegg, Bill Nye. Great movie from 2004. Excellent. Great zombie movie. Number three. Well done. Thank you. Kevin, you're up. Zombie Prom. Ooh. It's a musical. Oh. I don't know Zombie Prom. I think it's I, a musical. I believe I need to see that, though. They sing and dance in this. Are you kidding me? It's a musical. Wow. I love that. Not on the list, though. I'm sorry to say. Okay. Muggs, you are red hot right now. Can you keep the streak alive? Let's see. Now, now, are zombie do do zombie animals count? Because if so, Pet Cemetery. Great guess. Oh. But number twenty eight on the okay, list. Okay, it's on the list. It is on the list. No point. But yes, zombie animals do count. Allie. I legit got mad because I thought he stole mine because it's about <laughs> zombie animals. Uh huh. Zombiever. Oh, oh sure. God, I love Zombiever. I'm There's sorry. Zombie beavers. Yes. I know. And, Zombiever was awesome. And there was one scene where they were going, guys, guys, we have to stop yelling at each other. This is exactly what the beavers would want. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> What's happening? We should do a movie night. And, Love it. And watch Zombiever. And Love it was it. also and one, zombie of, prom. one yes. of the rare it's occasions. It's a musical. <laughs> I know. That sounds great. It was one of the rare occasions with Zombiever that the porn parody could keep the same title, yeah. too, which oh. was nice. All right. <laughs> one more time around the horn, Kevin. Uh, you going to get on the board here? I mean, you know my favorite zombie movie of all time. I do. Guess it if you want it. Black Sheep. Yes. Number 43. Oh, Number I love it. It's in the top 50. I'll it is in the top 50. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Muggs, your final guess, please. Now I'm gonna. I might veer further off the path, but okay. he technically was a zombie. Okay, and that was Frankenstein. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, he wasn't a zombie. Was he was not a zombie. Oh uh, well, uh, the monster. The monster yeah. wasn't a zombie either. What? But what? 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 Oh, because it's not, a, it's, yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's not a. It's not a person who died and came back to life. Just though. Sure, a it bunch is. of other people cut up and put together okay, to make a, a person, and then made. Go, go back and rewatch it. Okay. I'm going to say yeah. not not on the list. I'm sorry. Not considered a zombie movie. Uh, Allie, your final guess, and then we'll reveal all. I mean, I feel like these people were dead in the movie, and then uh-huh. the kids all, I see dead people. Uh-huh. 
Would that one be on the list? No, that's a ghost. Movie. Ghost. That's ghost. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so all right, uh, mugs. I believe you won. You won mugs. A shit galley it's, and I it's tied a tie. again. Is it tied? Okay. Yeah. Here's your uh, top ten. Number ten from 1992, the great Bruce Campbell, Army of Darkness. Oh! By the way, further down on the list at 13 was The Evil Dead. Oh! Evil Dead 2 was 18. I'm surprised none of you thought of that yeah. uh, that franchise. Uh, number nine was Return of the Living Dead, which, by the way, sure. was the first movie with zombies eating brains. Number eight was Day of the Dead, George Romero's 1985 classic. Here's a uh, franchise you didn't think of. Number seven was 28 Weeks uh, 28 weeks yes. later. That's right. And number four was 28 days later. I Those can't two believe movies. they placed that high. The Sandra Bullock movie about rehab? No. <laughs> no, that was 28 days. No. This is uh, the Danny Boyle directed movies with uh, Cillian Murphy, right? Cillian. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry. Uh, then Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, uh, 28 Days Later, Shaun of the Dead, uh, Zombie Land, and Dawn of the Dead. So there you go. Those are the greatest zombie movies of... Oh, you did a good job. The greatest zombie movies of all time, according to Ranker.com. This has been Bean Makes Us Guess. Bean Makes Us Guess, yeah. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We uh, talk about all, uh, all the time on this show that there is way too much TV. Yeah. And even though I think we've all decided that the Disney Plus service that is coming in uh, a month or so is a must-have. Yeah. We, don't, uh, we don't even have a choice. You have to buy it. It's no. so good, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the Marvel and Pixar movies and the Star Wars movies alone. But they did a thing this week where they tweeted out over 700 different movies and TV shows that are going to be on the on Disney Plus. Yes. Unfollow. Over, over oh, 700, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> It's it's unbelievable how much, but you think about Disney has been making stuff for eighty years. Yeah, and they get a lot of Fox stuff, and I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a ton. And Jensen, you have been uh, you've been going uh, line by line, yeah. uh, just amazed at so much stuff that we wouldn't even believe it, right? Absolutely. So that's why once again we're doing fake or real TV. Do you think it's fake? Talking about TV. Do you think it's real? Talking about TV. Do you think it's fake or real? One thing's for sure: there's too much TV. That's right. Fake TV or real TV? Oh, what can it be? Omar talks back to himself. He's right. Uh, So again, these uh, they they posted so many made for TV movies, and that was the thing that everyone looked at and was like, "These can't be real. These look like posters you'd see on Thirty Rock." So what I'm going to do is I'm going to describe a TV movie that was announced as a launch title for Disney Plus. Okay, this is either going to be a real one that they put out, okay, or one I just made up. Okay. Okay, so it's up to you guys to figure it out. The first one, a girl's prom day goes from bad to worse when she not only has to deal with unruly hair, but is also mistakenly enlisted by a detective to help help track down a jewel thief. It's called Bad Hair Day. (laughs) Is that real for Disney Plus or is it something I just made up? Um, may I go first? Mm-hmm. Sure. You said she was mistakenly enlisted by a detective to solve a crime? Correct. To, to, I, to track down a jewel thief. Yeah, that's too that's too dumb to be real. I'm going to say that came from the uh, from the mind of Jensen Carter. Okay. Allie? 
I'm going to say it's real because it's so stupid that I would have watched that in 1974, even though I wasn't alive. Kevin? I think it's real. That's going to be on Disney Plus on the last day. That is a real TV movie that will be on Disney Plus starting launch day. And I'm making a note. That's going to be the first thing I watch <laughs> when I get Disney Plus. All right, moving on. When 16-year-old Carl Berkshire gets his driver's license, he accidentally finds himself on a nearby speedway where he impresses pit crews with his dumb luck skills. When a former champ decides to take him under his wing, Carl's checkered flag dreams seem within reach. It's called NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way because it's too good. I want it to be real so bad. I want it to be real and it's not. It's just, it's NASCAR. Nobody but you could come up with NASCAR. I think we're all to know. I I made that one. Can we do it? I would love to make that for you. I would watch NASCAR. I'd watch the hell out of NASCAR. All right, here we go. A 13-year-old slacker learns a valuable lesson in responsibility when taking on the commitment of caring for a 130-pound pooch named Tycho that he decides to turn into a show dog and compete for $5,000 in order to buy a rare comic book with the winnings. It's called Life is Rough, and it's spelled R-U-F-F. Of course it is. No. No. No way. No. It does have a lot of weird elements to it that makes it sound fake, but I think I'm going to go with yes. I think I'm going to go with that as a Disney Plus episode or show we could see. Mm-hmm. I agree. That is. Uh-uh. No way. That'll be on Disney Plus <gasps> last day. Oh, my gosh. Fake TV or real TV. And weren't there, were there a ton of movies at that time about people who got into dog competitions to raise money to buy rare comic books? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was such a hot that trope. trope. It was <laughs> like Volcano or Dante's Peak. It was like it, you had to pick one or the other. Yeah, it was big for a while. Yeah, okay. Here we go. It's Halloween in Bridgeport, Bridgeport, Connecticut, and the Jacks family forgot to buy candy. When their son Gregory Jacks, dressed as a ninja, he tries to run to the local market at the last minute to solve the problem and then stumbles into more than he bargained for. From bratty costume kids to high school bullies ready to give him a wedgie, Will he make it home in time, or is the Jacks family holiday ruined? It's called "I'm Not a Ninja." That sounds terrible. Yeah, that, that one. That one sounds super bad. I'm going to say no, no, sir. I'm going to say fake as well. I am going to go for the threefer. Nope. You guys, with your first strike, it's good. It is not a real show. Wow. Oh. No, not real. Oh, Thank good. God. Yeah. Okay. So we were right. We yeah, were right. I, I well, why you, you call it a strike? Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying on me. Oh, okay. I got I'm you. I'm taking it. Wow. I got you. Okay. So, I didn't know who was at bat. Right. Yeah, I got real confused. <laughs> Moving on. When a teenage surf champion gets some bad news from his family, they're moving to Vermont, where the waves are pretty hard to come by. Yeah. Trapped in a school full of landlocked squares, he has to find a way to fit in. It's called Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> The titles. The <laughs> titles. John, all right, he, he moves to. I'm going to say real. And wants to surf. I'm going to say real. I'll uh, I'll go with the monkey on this one. I think the name is just a. It's no. It's a no. See you on Disney Plus. Oh next my day. God. TV or real TV. All right, I think we got time for one more, Jess. Okay, here we go. When a hopeful aquatic Olympian meets a scientist who swears he has a machine that will help swimmers hold their breath underwater for hours at a time, the possibilities are endless. Will our lead character accept the unfair edge or learn the true training it takes to get a gold medal? It's called Backstroke of Genius. I don't think that would be illegal if you had a way to learn how to hold your breath longer. That's not the question. Oh, um. <laughs> yeah, this isn't court. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, can I call I mean, another witness? Then why please? am I wearing this robe? Sidebar. <laughs> I mean, you do Stupid. have to think, work through it. Like, could it be real? Could it be real? Yeah. yeah. Mm. 
Um, I think that is a fake show. I do not believe that will be on Disney+. Plus. It's gonna, way fake. I'm going to say fake as well. Way to end it on a good note. It is fake. I it made it up. Yes. But Backstroke of Genius, a good title. <laughs> yes. That is a good I'm title. I'm proud of yes. it. Uh, that's fake TV or real TV. Fake TV or real TV. Oh, what can it be? Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. My book on working with talented assholes who may or may not have been worth the trouble is coming out in 2020. I hope you'll all read it. Oh, sorry. No. I feel like that's personal. Scott Gorman's book mm, is wow. out already. He is the author of Hard to Handle, The Life and Death of the Black Crows. He is the drummer and co-founder of the band, and he joins us in studio on the Kevin and Bean Show right now. Hey, Steve. Good morning. Great to see you. Great to hear you. Listen to that voice, you guys. Wow. Listen to that voice. Wow, Bean. Who let the tiger out of the cage? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kind of weird. Steve, we were just complimenting you off here and and thanking you for writing a rock memoir that seems to be honest, that really is not hiding the dirt. Um, Because so many of these are sanitized, and you you were not afraid to tell those stories backstage, man. I didn't see any reason to write a book if it wasn't going to be honest. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we spent years perpetuating some sort of a myth of our own and didn't even realize we're doing it half the time. But you know what? This book is about a band, but it's also about all sorts of, not to go too deep right away, but when you have a family or a band or an office group or any small group of people that are always together and you have addiction and you have codependency, you also have a ton of secrets. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a wall around it and you live in a bubble and everyone's got shame and embarrassment and happiness and loyalty and betrayal and all those things. So that's kind of what, what it was all about. Who's left in the band that you are on speaking terms with? Because you did burn every bridge behind you. No, anybody not named Robinson. I think okay. they get along with pretty well. <laughs> right. Which, which I, last count was like 15 people over the years. Yeah. Um, but um, it's, I mean, as far as I know, there's no there's been there's no vendettas out actively being you know sought right now mm-hmm. but okay. but you know things could change and what's the relationship like between the brothers now chris and rich i have no idea i haven't but, spoken to either in i haven't spoken to rich in 3 years and about 6 for, for chris tell us about the very beginning of the black crows the very beginning of the Black Crows for me was uh, was when the band was called Mr. Crow's Garden. And I, I moved to Atlanta in 1987 from Kentucky to start a band with some friends of mine. And they had a roommate named Chris Robinson. So okay. when I moved to Atlanta, um, I met Chris. The first, He actually picked me up at the Greyhound bus station. So All right. this bizarre person was standing there waiting for me. said, are you Steve? And I said, yes. And I'm Chris. And then, so he was literally the first guy I, I met there. I know he did impressions. And with, yeah, the yeah. Impressions, dead, dead on the money. Yeah. I um, hope you read the audio book and do all those ways. Of- <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I go deep. Uh, and so we we were actually roommates first and we you know we became friends and roommates and then we became like, we were sort of inseparable. Um, actually, he just kind of I, I guess he had everybody else had kind of gotten wind of him and I was like this guy's crazy and funny let's yeah. hang out <laughs> and then um, but then we became very good friends and within a few months I started playing with he and his brother in their band which was called Mr. Crow's Garden mm-hmm. so by the summer of 87 I was and I was 21 and I was the old wise person and wow I, 
was an idiot. And so, you know. Even back then, Chris was kind of the the bizarro, kind of egotistical one. And then you had Rich, who was the brooding, just moody mm-hmm. mother effer. And that never changed. That was all. Who they are is who they were then, yeah. At, yeah. at, at 19 and 17, they were all. That was all well established. There's a really funny picture in the book of you and Chris partying and laughing at a party. And then right. in the back, Rich is just staring with so much judgment. Just in a it's, doorway. It's, it's so it's funny. It's just fake that he's in the picture. Well, but it shows my, everything. My my friend from high school who took that picture, Elizabeth, she sent me some photos last year. And when I looked at it, I literally went, that is Mr. Crow's Garden in one photo. Yeah. That's the yeah. entire, that's, that's 87 through 89 right there in one image. It's a great picture. Do you think you got too famous too quick? Is that <laughs> the first problem? That, that no, that was the gas that was poured onto a simmering fire that was yeah. already there. Because there was yeah. already fighting when the band oh, yeah. was formed. Well, and yeah. that's not true of every band. No, no, that was that's that's absolutely true for us. And and you know the first record was so big, and you know it, Rich was twenty when it came out. Wow. And, and I was 24, and I, like I said, I was the voice of reason, which even then I said, we got problems if that's me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if I'm literally the one people go, Steve's got it together, I'm like, not really, not so much. <laughs> and there weren't a whole lot of shows. You, you, I mean, it was kind of like you got thrust no, we, out there fast. We had never toured. Yeah. I mean, we had done the, lo- the most shows we ever played in a row before the album came out was four. And we had done oh that, I think, gosh. twice. Wow. And that's yeah. like, you had no honeymoon period. Really, true. No, no, no. We went from, we met our manager in December of 89. Mm-hmm. And we put the record out in February of ninety. Before that, before we met our manager Pete Angelus, who's like a hero in the book, oh, by the way, he is incredible. Like Dog. I just want yeah. to keep him safe in my pocket <laughs> for everything he did for you guys, the and the fact that he never murdered any of you. No, he didn't. He should be a saint. Um, he he's. You know, he is enjoying a, a well-earned retirement yeah, is what he's doing okay. now. And he was um, Van Halen's manager, right? He was David Lee Ross' manager. He worked oh, with God, Van Halen. That from, man right? that he, wow. he started with Van Halen at the Whiskey A Go-Go, I mean, yeah. before they had a wow. record deal, and was with them the whole time. And then when they fractured, he went with Dave. And then when he met us, you know, he had Dave and then the Black Crows. And, um, Steve, yeah. uh, Steve Gorman is our guest here on the Kevin Amin Show. The book, by the way, is fascinating. It's called Hard to Handle the Life and Death of the Black Crows. With the problems between the brothers, do you? it sounds like even if you had not been a you know quote-unquote overnight success, even if it had taken you 10 years to blow up, all of what happened would have eventually happened anyway because of the personalities of those two, right? I think so. Well, and it's it's not just, you know, it's not as simple as, oh, they fought. I mean, that's where a lot of things started, but, you know, that you have someone like me or like Pete or like Johnny, our original bassist. And, you know, we're the kind of people that look at that and go, okay, we'll, we'll handle Guys, guys, let us handle this. We got mm-hmm. this. You know, you immediately think, okay, here's a problem. Let's find a solution. And then, and then, you know, it doesn't take long before, like I said, when you have addiction, you have codependency. So I come running in on my white horse to yeah. say, I can help you guys. I'll fix it. I'll make it okay. If I'm here, we can't screw it up too bad. That's my own arrogance and ignorance. And so you have all, you have all these levels of everybody bringing bags to the table they don't even know they have. Yeah. And then you look up and four years have passed and we put two albums out and they're both huge and we haven't taken a break. And this 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 culture is already well established. Yeah. And it's just a it's a hamster wheel of and, and, you know, you have things that become familiar, like the idea that on the way to the stage, you're breaking up a fist fight that becomes normal after like the yes. fourth time. Literally I mean, while you're walking. Yeah, reading and this then, book, and who then, knew the Black Crows were such badasses in fights? And then <laughs> and then when you're walking to the stage and you actually find yourself throwing a punch yourself, yeah. that becomes normal. Yeah. OK. And then you 
10 seconds after the tour manager has separated two of the band members, you're playing a song. Yeah. And it's great. And smiling and, and laughing. The energy other, is yeah. like, ah! <laughs> and so eventually what's very, that becomes familiar, and then it becomes comfortable. Yeah. And you don't notice that slide. And once it's comfortable, game's over. You're, you're, just, you're yeah, just in yeah, a pressure yeah. cooker that, that makes perfect sense to you. And then like any other situation like this, you get away from it, and then about a day in, you're like, what's going on? Why, what are they doing now that I'm not here? They're going to kill me. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're constantly with a swivel head. And so... You can't wait for the tour to end. You get home, and three days later, you're losing your mind because you're like, I got to keep my eye on everything. You know, and, yeah, ev- yeah. and everybody had that a lot same of paranoia, feeling. Yeah. Everybody Boy. had that. Are and- you glad that you joined the Black Crows? Yeah, of course. I mean, if I'd There's stayed a lot in- of drama. That's why I'm asking. Oh, yeah. Know, I, mean, I mean, I, I, I asked for every bit of it. This, If you'd said in 1987, this is what's going to happen. And in 2019, you're going to be on Kevin and Bean talking about it. I would have been like, do I sign twice? Or <laughs> what do I do? You didn't send the book. hot, crazy, crazy ex-girlfriend where the sex was great. And you knew it was an insane ride, but you couldn't pass it up. That's what he says in the book. He says, I bought the ticket. I took the ride. Yeah. I'm not a victim here. Right. Oh, not Everything at all. about this was a lot of it. Part of your doing because you wanted to quit so many times. And oh, one hundred percent. No, I, it was it was a it was a there was a every day was a not even not in a linear conscious way, but every day you spend like you're balancing. It's like is this still worth it? Is this still worth yeah. it? Is this, wow, this? every day. And and it just go. But but again, once you get used to it, yeah. you don't realize it's how abnormal, abnormal yeah. your life is. Yeah. yeah. All right. And we then, gotta take a quick break. Quick break. I'm okay. so sorry to say, uh, Steve. I apologize. But uh, when we come back, we have a Jimmy Page story we have to hear. We have a Howard Stern story we have to hear, and so much more of the craziness that went on in the 27 years he was behind the drums for the Black Crows. Author Steve Gorman is here. Quick break. More after this on K Rock. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. The book is called Hard to Handle, The Life and Death of the Black Crows. It is available wherever you get your books, uh, online and in store. Steve Gorman is the author. He was the drummer and co-founder of the Black Crows, and he's here. I um, You mentioned the addiction. Um, how serious a problem was that for the Black Crows? How many members were addicted, and how bad did it get? Well, uh, it was a it was a significant issue because it 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 can spool it spirals off into every decision made at, at a certain point. You know, when you're dealing with people who are living moment to moment and 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 making really kind of important decisions based on how they feel in that moment. Yeah. Um. You, you can't really get your you can't really quantify what an issue it is. What kind of drug, Steve? Um. Whatever whatever you got. Yeah. There was the there's part. early there in was the a book. Lot. And, and 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 I will say too. And I'm not. This is not a. Oh, I have to throw myself under the bus. But you know, I was drinking a ton under all uh, underneath all of this for years and and everybody had every there wasn't like some easy way to put your arms around it it's just everybody was doing whatever they could to get through their own personal hell that we were all putting ourselves through sure but like black tar heroin's not like a chill drug for backstage and that happens pretty early in the book yeah i mean it was there was a lot of dabbling i mean we didn't have a thing where uh, you know and again a lot of this is i i can only know talk about what i saw Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, once once the 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 party or the room got to a certain point, I just left. I was like, I'm out of here. I don't. Right. I, I've had enough of this. I think I told you the first time I saw real heavy drugs mm-hmm. was when I was a freshman in high school, and I got to go backstage at a Black Crow show because Anthony Kiedis sat next to us mm-hmm. at the show. And we knew who he was with because she was our friend's older sister. Right. And he's like, you want to go backstage? And my friend's older sister was like, no, they're they're babies. They're not coming backstage. Sure. We were like, hell yeah, we yeah, are. Let's go. And went backstage and I was like, that's serious. What is that happening? Was, and I, that's at the Greek, right? Yep. 
that if that was the my this is something there's a, I wrote way more than was published. So mm-hmm. one of the, one of the many things that was taken out of the book was that that shows those shows at the Greek in '92. Todd Marinovich was there. Oh. We all remember the quarterback yeah, Todd Marinovich. Todd Marinovich, yeah. Marinovich. Oh, sure. That's and right. his last ever start for the Raiders came three days after his Black Crows experience, oh, where he was oh, so high no. he walked out on stage in the middle of the show. And laid down in front of the organ, and we just let him lay there. What are you going to do to Todd Marinovich? Well, that's no. But he way. spent some time on stage with us. Yeah. That was fun. That's what a bizarre life to call Chris the <laughs> organ. <Bizarre>. I, mean, <laughs> I promised you'd tell, if you don't mind, the the Jimmy Page story because I can't imagine what it must have been like for the band to have the opportunity to have Jimmy Page for a whole tour in 2000. Right? I mean, this was a, a, a look at rejuvenating the band at that time. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, it started as a one off in London in the summer '99. And then it was, let's do six shows in the fall, and then that turned into a live album, and let's go play 55 shows all around the world in 2000. Yes. And for folks who don't know, God bless you, but Jimmy Page was the guitarist and co-founder of Led Zeppelin. So we're talking rock royalty. So great times ahead. What happened? And and as a drummer, to go play Led Zeppelin songs with Jimmy Page is kind of, you know, that's beyond, everyone's like, oh, it's a dream come true. And I'm like, yeah, if I'd thought to dream it, yeah. it yeah. didn't even occur to me that might happen. Mm-hmm. And so we were on the tour the second time around in 2000, and we had done about 11. We had done 11 of the 55 shows, and and Jimmy had a, a pretty significant back issue that he was dealing with and gritting his teeth through the pain because he was having fun, and it really had rejuvenated us. It had taken us out of the ditch this entire association, and so um, in the midst of uh, the second leg of that tour, right after we played on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, he walked off the stage and got into a car and left and kept going and just left and went home and the tour was over like we literally went on to promote the long beach show the next night and the rest of the tour and he walked out of the studios in burbank and was over and my manager pete came and said we got to talk uh jimmy's going home and i said oh cool is he going to see the back doctor again he goes no no not the hotel he's going home he's on a plane to england in like an hour tour's over that's not what you hoped for he didn't even talk to you guys no it was was just just boom which led you to believe something well so we were so uh, yeah long story short it didn't quite add up i mean we knew he was in pain we knew he had an issue but it seemed unlikely that that was it so um that this is summer of 2000 we never get word other than he's back in england he's gotten treatment i believe he had surgery Mm -hmm. and sorry it didn't work out that's it game over a year and a half later, I mean, I, I, the band had broken up, essentially. I had officially quit. We had gone on hiatus, mm-hmm. which is what we called it, because Chris said, I'm going solo and I'm never coming back. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> so I quit the band, <laughs> and I went to London 18 months after I'd last seen Jimmy, and he was performing, and I went to see him, and he welcomed me very graciously, and we had a nice chat. And he talked about how sorry he was. The tour ended that way. This is in a dressing room at the Royal Albert Hall, and the two of us are sitting three feet apart from each other. And he's saying, oh, I was having so much fun. It was lovely to play with you, wasn't it? You know, it was great. And he's giving me the whole rundown. And he goes, well, you know, my back was really, it was it was tough, man. And I, I, I had to come home and get treatment. And I'm yeah. like, of course, I understand. Of course, of course, of course. And I was just happy because I could actually say to him how much I appreciated it. Yeah. And I wanted to say all these things to him. And then he said, well, would you like to know what else happened? Oh, oh no. no. As I'm reading this, and, my butthole clenched. Well, as I was sitting nose to nose with him, yes. so did mine. Okay. And I spent the next five minutes incapable of breathing and he told me a story about a conversation he had with our guitarist rich that led him to realize why am i 
go, putting myself through all of this Bothering pain with them. for these people when they clearly aren't appreciative of my efforts. And I don't really want to go into the entirety no, of the story. It. It's I think so it's much good. better read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But oh. suffice to say that um, the the what did I say? I believe I wrote murderous rage, which yeah. is exactly what it was. It Not was it was the band was as grateful to have Jimmy Page's participation as you were. This is very true. This yeah. is yeah. an easy. It, this d- is that's, an easy. The sentence say. should never even be uttered. No. That makes zero sense. No. And how you didn't kill him is beyond me. Well, I had already quit the band, so I couldn't do that again. Still, and then I I'd No, no, him. I I and and I I thought about it. I mm-hmm. put a lot of a thought into, okay, do I have what it takes to survive in the joint? <laughs> really? And, Wait, really? And I came back with a definitive no I don't. <laughs> okay. There's nothing I mean, about you did me. Some time. There's yeah. nothing yeah. about me that were prison. They yeah. did wiser. I lived in Brooklyn. Works out well for you. No. I lived in Brooklyn and I flew back to New York the next day and I looked yeah. at Rikers Island and went, yeah. you know, That's I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay near the park actually. Yeah. Steve, I'm going to give you a uh, a great compliment here and she probably w- wouldn't say this herself, but Allie has not read a book cover to cover in 20 years. That's my girl. It's and true. she read <laughs> readings for losers. Every page every yeah. page of your book, Steve. I awesome. loved it. It's so good. I Thank loved you. It. And honest, you rarely book. do you read these books yeah. and, and actually and, get the truth. And for the record, I mean just cuz we haven't said it, if for anyone's listening and wondering, I mean, uh, it's good band. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, 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 yeah. the, the flip side of all this was, yeah, but when it was good, it was pretty damn good. Yeah. So, right. I mean, it's not like there wasn't something that made it all worthwhile or at least made it seem like it was all worthwhile yeah. all along the way. We had an incredible run. Mm-hmm. You really yeah. did. And those uh, those records are going to be on the radio forever, too. And you must you, you I'm sure you are very proud of the work you guys did in the, in the band. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, when we when we sucked, we were still pretty good. Right, you know, you know, I mean, we got to that place what's pretty that early like? on. Yeah, what's we're that like, like? yeah, I wish we had that. We're like, because we just have what we suck, we suck. That's I wish all we, we had have a Steve. grateful yeah. dead face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, How dare you? What is worse than a hippie, but a phony hippie? F you. Basically, Chris the Black Crows had a moment where the Black Crows had a moment where Chris Robinson got super into the Grateful Dead, and it, yes. it sounds like a, still a bit of an still. issue with the music that came out of that. <laughs> My God, you turned into a jam band. Yes, we did. <laughs> read the uh, read the sure book, you guys. It's called "Hard to Handle: The Life and Death of the Black Crows." It's outstanding. It has the Kevin Bean seal of approval. You know how we feel about books. Steve Gorman <laughs> is the author. He has been our guest. Thanks so much for coming by. It has been my pleasure. Thank you all. Thank Thanks, you. Appreciate it. Kevin and Bean on K Rock. K Rock. Allie is here with one final look at uh, what's happening here on this Wednesday morning Kevin and Bean show. Don't forget more Green Day tickets for you for Kevin and Bean's last uh, Breakfast with coming up in twenty minutes here on K Rock. West Wing is walking and talking its way from Netflix to HBO Max. See? So that's what the West, the West Wing, like Sorkin. Yeah, did a lot of walking and talking. Walking and talking, right. Yeah. It's moving over to HBO Max when the streaming service launches in spring of 2020. Going to join all the episodes of Friends and The Big Bang Theory. We were talking earlier about Netflix basically losing all its bingeable shows the 30 rock office friends well the ones they got Parks from the Rec. from the networks yeah they got their own they got plenty of their own bingeable shows i don't know multiple do they, seasons do they, yeah. i mean but i mean i could think off the top of my head like orange is the new black is somewhat bingeable uh, because uh, almost over though yeah yeah there's a lot though yeah yeah and stranger things they're setting up to be a bingeable mm-hmm. show but like mm-hmm. it's really they really depended on sort of that comfort food watch from no, other studios I mean, i'm thinking of Black Mirror. I'm thinking of The Crown. I'm thinking of. I mean, they got a lot Peaky of shows. Like the Crown, a very chill. Just sit down and catch a couple of them in a row. Just pay hang out. attention. Yeah, no, totally. The House Crown. of Cards. Don't forget they got House a ton cards. of those. Yeah, no problems there. First couple <laughs> seasons, just check out Kevin Spacey. No problem. I'm saying Netflix is fine. 
Okay. You think they're gonna they're gonna be all right? They're gonna survive losing okay. the West Wing as hard as it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. You guys, I heard this story and I thought this is the best way possible that you can get your wallet back. This guy named Tim Cameron, he lost his wallet on the way home from work on Monday. He lives in London, assumed it was gone for good because he had barely any identification in there. Like, nothing to identify him with. So you couldn't really, Even like, if you found it, there's no yeah, way... Yeah, you're like, oh, it's gonna take a long time to Google, figure out even who he is, that type of thing. No driver license? Nope. Or, or nothing national in health there. card? Nothing, okay. Mm-hmm. So he then looked at his bank account. No because social security card? Or no, anything? not okay. in... Again, not in London. Uh, okay. very little identifying information. Costco card that has nope. a photo? Again, oh, yes. No. Okay. A military that. ID, maybe? There was an ingenious good Samaritan by the name of Simon. Of course his name is Simon. It's going to be Simon or Nigel. I'm doing a story (laughs) about England. Who used information from his bank card to send four bank transfers of a penny each. Because with each transfer, he can attach an 18-character memo. Interesting. So when Cameron checked his bank account, not long after realizing his wallet was gone, he thought, oh my God, I'm going to find out that... I have no money anymore in my bank account. Instead, he found the message, hi, I found your... (laughs) And then a little while later, he got another penny and wallet in the road, then another penny with a phone number, then another penny, text or call. No, text or call. Text or call, okay. He called the guy, biked over... And he received his wallet. That's really smart. Isn't that amazing? And the lengths that he went to to get it back. Yes. That's crazy. I love it. Why don't you just call information and get the guy's address and name off of his driver's license? Again, he didn't have his driver's license. Oh, there was no idea. He had a permit? You did mention that. A permit. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a very creative and wonderful person. Yeah, when we lost Danielle's wallet, we found out because someone just started to try to charge things. Yeah, that's how I think most people <laughs> yeah, find out. Not yeah. the same yeah. reaction, yeah. yeah. Just, a, just a real bummer of a but story a that was time. wonderful. Yes. No, okay, good. Wouldn't that be amazing? Mm-hmm. Alfonso's right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that, you guys. So Tiger Woods has his first memoir that he's working on. He just signed a deal with HarperCollins. He said he's writing a book called Back. It's a candid new book about the ups and downs of his personal life and what career. Happened? Well, what happened was he was basically one of the greatest athletes known in the world. And then some drugs, some ladies, a lot of bad things happened. And I then- was unfaithful. I had affairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I cheated. Yeah. Uh, a a this, lot. This is actually his mom. What happened? That's actually his That's mom. That's Tiger's mm-hmm. mom? Yes. <gasps> oh, well, what happened was not a good situation <laughs> no. for your son. But he said a lot of books written about him, a lot of articles, a lot of different um, TV interviews and stuff. But he said they've been riddled with errors and speculative and wrong. So this is the definitive story because he is doing it. And they are calling the book what? Back. Like, I'm back. Why are they not calling it the Eye of the Tiger? (laughs) Out of the Woods, also. Uh, Would have been good, too. I hate both of you. Would have been good, too. No, you would have made fun of it. Back is bad. bad. That's a terrible title. Yeah, but so is Eye of the Tiger and Out of the Woods. woods. I would have been fine with either of those over Back. Back Back is because he won the Masters last year, right? That's why Back. Because he made it all the way back to the mountaintop. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if there's a mountaintop, but... <laughs> Not in golf, I guess. Not usually, no. 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 
so Kevin Smith is defending comic book films after, of course, Martin Scorsese likened them to theme parks. Oh, Kevin Smith's a fan of comic book he films? He is, I, I know. Nobody that. saw this coming. Does he defend but, um, hockey jerseys? <laughs> he was outside the premiere of his latest film, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, on Monday, and he said, Martin Scorsese is a genius, but to be fair, my entire film career even prior to my film career, he's been pretty much saying the same thing about action movies. He then went on to argue that Scorsese has done a superhero film. He said, for my money, I think Martin Scorsese made the biggest superhero movie ever, which was The Last Temptation of Christ. Don't get much bigger of a superhero than Jesus. That's a stretch. I think he That's was being funny. making a joke. Okay. You, you didn't get that? No. He was just making a... He was making a funny. Okay. All right. a, I see that he... And, uh, he was really angry for a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He and Jay got their uh, their hands in the cement. Out yeah, in front of the Chinese, Chinese theater. Yeah, yeah, very nice. That was very cool. Quite an honor. Mm-hmm. Quite an honor, you guys. Quite an honor. Uh, not, not having a good time, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. He is now being accused of groping over a dozen women in public. He appeared in Manhattan court yesterday for an arraignment on four new misdemeanor counts of forcible touching and third-degree sexual abuse. It's a Cuba Gooding sandwich! He pled not guilty. So there's going to be a lot of of stuff happening with him. This is uncool, man! It's not great. Definitely not great. He seems like a real piece of ass. Yeah. Piece of ass? Piece of ass. I have a pretty legitimate story about Cuba Gooding Jr. All right. My friend Randy's sister uh-huh. used to party with him. Okay? Yeah. And one time, he requested that she go number two in a fishbowl. <laughs> oh, so far, I'm in. Over <laughs> his head. What's, the, head. what's the weird oh, part, though? A... <laughs> I thought you were trying to make him sound weird. What, you're humanizing him, right? This is like a long-standing like, rumor about, about people, some celebrities. Old, like some old, old guy now that he would lay this under... This is about his friend Randy's no, girlfriend. Would, <laughs> I don't know if you sister, heard. This is, was, sorry, this is secondhand. You, I don't know if you heard it, that. though, that would lay under can, a glass I can, top table? I can tell you, but I, I love him so much that I hate to besmirch his name. Yes, on the table. It was uh, Raymond Raymond Burr. Raymond Burr. Oh, that must be very painful for you. It was Raymond Burr. Yeah, Yeah, that must upset you a lot because of your fondness for Raymond Burr. (laughs) He's Perry Mason. Yeah, right. He was the one who would poop on the glass. So I guess you could say he did get to the bottom of it. Is because he was underneath and it was a butt right there with the. Oh no, we heard. We got it. I think my point is that Beer Bug's friend Randy's sister wasn't involved in this at all. It was just one of those, yeah, just one of those like urban that. legends yeah. that may or may not have been true at the beginning. And why and- a fishbowl? Like, who has a random little fishbowl hanging around? He's got the poop. Like, fishbowl. grab the <laughs> grab right. the fishbowl. That's the reason he has one from poop for poop. He brings it everywhere. Yes, Cuba Gooding Jr. has a poop fishbowl. Not we all none know of this. That. None of this. I, I met him once, story- and he was carrying it around at a bar. I, I wish the story had never been told. <laughs> I, I did. It. I did once uh, get a drink ne- next to him at a bar. This is real. It's not Randy's sister, yeah. uh, and he was wasted. Yeah, I mean, out of his mind, wasted talking to me. And I was like, "Oh, Cuba." Listen, um, I'll tell you some stories off the air, but let's just say let's have one on the air. Though. No, okay. no, they was uh, my Park City times, okay. and let's just say, yeah. A lot went down in Park Alfonso's City. Alfonso is right. Alfonso is right. Um, some birthdays for you. 
Tim Robbins, Flea, Bob Weir, and John Mayer. And that's what's happening. Thanks, Ellie. 5 p.m. commercial free hour with Stryker's Line is happening thanks to a random act of helpfulness from the SoCal helpful Honda dealers. Tomorrow morning, an all-new Kevin and Bezo. Uh, Jensen has get up on this, mm-hmm. which we do on Thursdays. Yes. We talked to Dr. Drew. We talked to R.J. Bell. Uh, we have breakfast with Green Day. We have oh. the tickets for that. And Regina King. Yes. yes. There it is. Watchmen. In studio there to is. talk about Watchmen. Mm-hmm. So that is tomorrow morning. The Kevin and Bean Show. The world famous K-Rock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.